Welcome in to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith, and today I'm joined by Saul, Espo, and Gerald. Gentlemen, our tip topic of the day because it's Thursday and it's a double vote day and we just got some updated results from the NBA All-Star voting is that. How do you guys feel right now? Trash. <laughs> super trash. Super trash. Super trash. That's all I'm, you need to know. I'm about I'm about to donate big time to Swears for Kids. Are you fucking kidding me? What in the hell is going on with this? Like I was joking when I said ban the fan vote before, but now I'm serious. When Russell Westbrook moves ahead of Chris Paul, something's out of whack, man. Like when people sit there and we complain about the vote and they their first response is, well, it's who the fans want to see. Nobody wants to see Russell Westbrook in the All-Star game. Not even Laker fans. Laker fans don't even want to see him on their own fucking team. So don't give me that bullshit. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Yeah, it's an unfortunate numbers <laughs> game. I mean, that looks it looks really bad. See, the thing that pisses me off, like obviously Russell Westbrook passing Chris Paul for sixth is a travesty. Like if you follow me on Twitter, please go to my Twitter feed and watch the video I posted last night. It's a two-minute compilation of Westbrook just airballing or shooting shots off the fucking backboard. Like, it's hilarious. And it's just from this half season. Like, he's been terrible this season. He had belongs nowhere near the top 10 of this voting. But, like, I'm a little bit more upset that Clay Thompson is much higher than Devin Booker. Like, on the last returns, he was ahead, but it was only by, like, 29,000 votes. Now he's up by, like, 100K. And mm-hmm. I get it because, like, he had his comeback game, and that was a really cool moment. And so there were probably a shit ton of votes for him dropped that night. But like, I don't know, like that gap widening by that much is is rough. And also, please don't let Andrew Wiggins start in the fucking All-Star That's game. That's the one. That's the one. That's <laughs> like, the one for me. Like, I get Clay. Clay's a fan favorite. Clay is widely popular. Andrew Wiggins got <laughs> 1.8 million votes. Who the fuck is out there voting for this guy? What? <laughs> No, 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 no. He has no, a million no. more votes than Clay. Like I know, I and I get it because he's actually played games. But Jesus Christ, like this push from Warriors fans is really fucking weird. Like he's I not actually an all-star. Think, I actually think the outcry from everybody else about the Clay thing emboldened a lot of the Warriors fans. To I mean, even the team was playing into it on their Twitter account. So like. Mm-hmm. I, Maybe outrage backfired. Maybe we should just be silent about all this stupid stuff, and 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 they'll stop voting. <laughs> so, so so if we if we started today, like, uh, is it the top five vote getters get in? So it's for the fan vote. It only luckily counts as fifty percent of the vote. So it'd be it's just for the starter. So it'd be like the two guards and then three front court players. So Andrew Wiggins fucking, currently, Andrew Wiggins got more votes than John ja Morant. Oh my fucking God. Yeah. It's insane. Oh it's my absurd. God. Okay. It but I do no love, sense. I do love John ja Morant jumping Luka Doncic. I'm not going to lie on that one. Yeah, I'm good with that. I feel like John ja Morant is more deserving 
to start this year than Luka Doncic. Obviously, we'd love to see Devin Booker in that spot, but you know he's a million votes behind John Morant, and the, and he's like the most exciting player in the league right now. Like, let's he really is. He he's fun to watch. He's easy to root for too. So I really like that one. Draymond Green being six on that list is tra- tragic too. <laughs> it's time. It's time to put these fans oh in the corner. I'm sitting over here waving like Devin Booker after that free throw, going. Get these guys out of here. This is I'm done. All right. I don't need any. I've seen enough. You fans should get one percent of the vote next year after this. Mello Mello has two hundred and forty thousand more votes than Devin Booker does. That's stupid. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that you always will have a fan vote because it creates so much conversation on the Internet. And that we all know. If you can own the conversation on social media, then you're owning the conversation yeah, basically but, in real life. But we also right. know if you live in California or New York, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt 1000% of the time. Like that's totally. just how it is. And that's not, that's what makes this not fair is that the fan vote is basically all of LA voting for their own players. <laughs> um, you know, all of California, I should say outside of Sacramento, cause nobody counts Sacramento as part of California um, it, it voting for their own players. Like it's just, it's not really a, a, a fair fight. It just isn't. Yeah. Are, are the cyber ninjas available? Because I need somebody to look into this vote. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, good thing. It's not just fan voting that determines this. It's only 50%. Then you have, um, I believe some coaches and media members who make up the other 50%. Yeah, so. it's, it's 20, 25% players and coaches, I think, and then 25% uh, media vote. So they should balance it out. I'm, I'm struggling to think of a time where the fan vote actually like got someone into the All-Star game that didn't belong. Maybe they got people to start that shouldn't have been starting, but like those guys were still probably All-Stars. If Andrew Wiggins makes the cut, I will definitely change my tune on the fan vote. But fortunately, there are measures in place so that this kind of travesty doesn't actually happen. (laughs) Well, it is a double vote day. So if you uh, still want to get out there and vote, today is a great day to do it. January 13th, all your votes on Twitter count twice. And don't forget, you can also vote on NBA.com and the NBA app. All right, gentlemen, with the February 10th trade deadline fast approaching, today we're going to dive into some potential options for the Phoenix Suns. So just a few disclaimers here before we get started, a few things to keep in mind during this exercise, right? As far as draft compensation goes, because the Suns owe OKC their 2022 first round pick, the soonest they can offer another team a first round pick is 2024. As far as player restrictions go, Abdul Nader and Frank Kaminsky have veto power over any deal due to their one-year bird provisions. Bismack Biombo cannot be traded. Landry Shamit and Mikkel Bridges have poison pill restrictions, which means they technically can be moved, but it's a little bit harder to move those contracts. We're not saying Mikkel's going to get moved, just sharing the disclaimers. And last, any team that trades for Jalen Smith, the most they can offer him in free agency is the $4.7 million he would have been paid on the third-year rookie option that the Suns declined in 2021. So now that we've got all that, Let's get into it. First up, let's talk about Eric Gordon. How do you guys feel about this trade? Well, Gerald, do you want to kind of give your outline? I mean, you, uh, I, we don't say this enough, and we give each other a hard time on this show, but Gerald put together a fantastic piece on all this on, on gophnx.com, one of the best trade primers I've ever read when it comes to a specific team. So, so Gerald, I don't want to steal any of your 
your steam here if you want to kind of give the out the kind of parameters that you were looking at when it came to, to an Eric. To be, to be clear, Espo, it's more you and I giving each other a hard time than these two. Let's, let's be real. Saul, yeah. if you ever write anything on gophnx.com, I will praise it as well. You are a fantastic writer. We just haven't seen much of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, well, thank you, Espo. That's nice of you to say. Um, so I was just kind of looking around at potential moves that might move the needle a little bit and without breaking up the sun's core, there are a couple that get a little more ambitious. Um, but for the most part, I feel like this team is right on the cusp of, of like one move away from really cementing that eight man playoff rotation. I feel like their biggest needs are, you know, another like shot creator, ball handler, playmaker off the bench. Um, because campaign just hasn't been that guy so far this season. And also just adding another wing or two to the rotation, because we know how important wings are in this league, especially if they want to go small, they don't really have the option to do that right now. Um, so Eric Gordon's a guy that kind of checks both boxes. Um, among the players who have attempted at least a hundred threes this season, he's his three point percentage ranks second in the entire NBA. And the Suns have another guy in the top six of that group with Cam Johnson. So if they had two of them, they would really be a problem from three-point range. Gordon's shooting 45% from three. And he's a guy that the Rockets will want to make available because his trade value is never going to be higher again than it is right now. Like he's having a great bounce back season for them. They are at the bottom of the league, basically. So they need to trade him. So the one that I proposed was Dario Saric, Jalen Smith, Alfred Payton, and a top three protect, protected first round pick in 2024, since that's as soon as they could offer up. So I'll kick it to you guys as far as what your thoughts on that potential deal would be. Oh, man, you know, I, I don't know. When I, when I look through the list of 10 guys that, that you had posted, um, Eric Gordon just doesn't really do much for me. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I, I feel like what they have to, to, to sacrifice, um, and, and, and he's a fit, right? He's definitely a fit guy to me. Like he's not the type of guy that's just an automatic plug and play. Like there's going to be an adjustment process with him. Cause he's, you know, I wouldn't say he's a heavy volume shooter, but he does, he does need to touch the ball quite a bit to, to feel comfortable on the court. And I don't, I don't know if, if that's the right move for the Suns in this regard. I just don't. Yeah, I, I go back and forth uh, on him, to to be honest. I look at him and I go, okay, that, that three-point shooting, uh, I'm down for that. I, I think he could help spread the floor, add some uh, scoring pop to the second unit, but, but how does he fit in? How How is he going to play? You know, is this a, you play him next to campaign? How do they work? Uh, you know, you've, you've just given Landry that extension. Does that mean Landry now becomes the odd man out? Is he just... Uh, sitting there on on the bench and how does it how does it all work because we've already seen rotational questions with this team and and trying to figure it out and and Gordon I think is interesting but adds some additional questions while answering a few that you need answered one thing that that we know is he likes Phoenix because back in uh, 2012 I believe it was nine years ago he said when the Suns had offered him a four-year, $58 million contract uh, that they did not want new, that he did not want New Orleans to match, he did say, I strongly feel that the right franchise for me, Phoenix is where my heart is now. So 
So maybe his heart's still here, and that would uh, that would help. It's entirely possible. I mean, I hope it's that. If if he were to be traded here, I hope it's that, and not uh, just a case of wanting to get the hell out of New Orleans, because well, that could have been the, I, the case too. I can tell you, he never said that line that was written by the PR department, but it sounds nice. So <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, that for a fact I, too, but it sounds nice. So, I mean, I, I have less concerns about him being able to fit in in Phoenix. I do think there would be, you know, I think Landry would probably be the odd man out of that backcourt rotation there because he oh, just no, hasn't don't played say well. No. <laughs> um, but I, I think there are, there is inherent risk as far as, you know, he's 33 years old. He's under contract through 2024. But the good news is the final year of that contract is non-guaranteed. So that minimizes a little bit of the risk. Um I think the Rockets, I mean, I think if they got a first round pick, it would be enough for them. Cause like, you know, looking at what they're offering up player wise, Jalen Smith, Dario Saric, Alfred Payton, none of those guys really does anything for them. Like Payton would be gone by the end of the season. Saric, maybe they keep him around next year. Jalen Smith, you know, we've talked about whatever team trades for Jalen Smith, they can only offer him $4.7 million as his starting salary next year because the Suns declined his option. So, that one's kind of a bummer. But if they got a first-round pick, I think they'd be happy with that. The question is whether another team would offer one sooner than 2024. The, the other thing that I think we need to take into consideration when it comes to Eric Gordon is, is he's a very kind of blasé kind of player. Like, There's no juice coming off the bench in terms of like emotion, getting the fans involved and things like that. When you lose somebody like a campaign – um, you know, cause I know you proposed that even though you couldn't put it in the, in the, uh, in the metric, uh, or mm-hmm. the, whatever you want to call it, the simulator, um, because he's not able to be traded until after January 15th. Um, if you did trade somebody like a campaign, because you felt like you needed more from the backcourt, um, I don't know how much that, that loss of, of impact emotionally would affect the team. Um, you know, that, that's something else to consider as well. I mean, Gerald's initial proposal, Eric Gordon for Alfred Payton, Dario Sarge, Jalen Smith, and a first there, which works, uh, you know, when we can get into the second deal that you were referencing, Saul. But to me, this move screams, we think our window is two years and, and that, and we're going to, we're going to push everything in for the next two years, uh, because that, when you look at the salary, when you look at okay, we're sacrificing the 2024 first round pick, uh, you know, and basically that's that takes away some of the juice you have for any other potential trades. This is a this is our window. This year and maybe next is when we can can win it all. So let's try to go go for it with a guy that we know everything we're getting. Like you're you're not going to get any surprises with Eric Gordon and that that seems potentially short-sighted but I also as listeners of the show know believe very much that when you're when your window's open or that door is cracked open kick it wide open and do everything you can so that's why I go back and forth on this yeah it's it's a it's a tough one to navigate and that trade that second trade that's always mentioning that would include DJ Augustine coming back to the Suns, not a flashy guy by any means, but a way more composed kind of backup guard than campaign has been. Um, you know, just a respected veteran who's been around for a while and, and is a good career three point shooter. Um, and in that deal, you would include campaign in addition to Peyton Sharich, Jalen 
and the first round pick. Um, for me, I feel like the Suns need, like if they have that type of move, that's like, okay, we're all in on the next two years, like make it like, this is the closest this, this franchise has ever been to winning a title. I think that's how you keep Devin Booker and all these guys on the right path and in Phoenix for the rest of their careers. If you win a championship here, that's a core that's not going anywhere for a while. And you can figure it out in two years. Like they're going to have to have a backup plan for when Chris Paul's prime is past him anyway. So if you have a chance to cap cash in on this window now, while Chris Paul's still playing at a high level, while everything's in place, while the league is, is basically wide open, I, I think you do it now, whether Gordon is that guy or not, that's up for debate, but we have plenty of other options we could talk about too. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next uh, potential move for the Phoenix Suns. Now, this is one that we have talked about a few times before. Gerald, you've written about this one as well. Tori Craig and Justin Holiday. What do you guys think about this potential trade scenario? I love Tori. I do love Tori, and I do love the potential um, that Justin Holiday can bring, especially from three. Uh, even though he's kind of, you know, he's he's at that thirty-five percent range, which is, you know, I'm, I'm sure it could improve a little bit. But uh, I don't know, man. <clears throat> none, none of these. There's only like two trades on, on this top ten list that that actually get me excited. So I will I will defer to you guys in terms of what you think about these two individuals. It, it it's a move. Is is what I think it is. I think it's a move that that would you know Tory Craig. We saw what he did with, in the Suns uniform last year. Brought a lot of energy off the bench. Um, Justin Holiday, you know, a, a good all around player. But um, it's it's just another move to make another move, in my opinion. I don't know how much that really makes a, a big difference in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I'm in different boat here. I think this is a move that solidifies you in a couple places that you need it. It makes you better, and you're not giving up a lot to do it. If you could get it done with two seconds instead of that first, I jump at it. That first makes me pause a little bit, but overall, I think this checks a lot of boxes, but we've talked about this one previously. Yeah, if, if the Pacers blow it up, and they should in their own way, because at the time when I first wrote about this, the Pacers were 10 and 16. They've dropped all the way to 15 and 27, so they're way out of playoff range already. Craig isn't playing heavy minutes, and he would be great in filling the same role he did last year. Um if you can get a lottery protected first, like the Pacers would jump at that. Obviously, if you're the Suns, you start with two seconds. But I feel like if you're going to want to beat other offers and, and make sure that nobody else sneaks in with a player better than Jalen Smith, you might have to go there. And I don't think that's the end of the world. It does solidify your wing rotation pretty nicely. But we could we can move on to the next one. Yep. All right. Up next, we've got Harrison Barnes. Mm -hmm. Let's do this, baby. Intriguing (laughs) uh, player, but also there's a question here: Is it worth possibly letting either Cam Johnson or Jay Crowder go for this one? Uh, In my opinion, if you could trade Jay Crowder to get yourself uh, Harrison Barnes, I would do it. I absolutely would do it because I feel like Harrison Barnes gives you a more consistency offensively for sure. Because we all know with Jay, it's either he's going to make eight out of 10 threes or he's going to go 0 for 14. Like there is no in between with Jay Crowder. And, um, you know, I think in, in the playoffs last year, there was definitely some games where they needed more consistency from, uh, uh, from his position. I would not in a million years trade Cam Johnson for Harrison Barnes. And I know that's probably what uh, the Kings will be looking for 
in a trade is is you know somebody to build around in the future. They don't want to just trade, uh, you know, a veteran for for an older veteran. But uh, man, I, Harrison Barnes to me brings the consistency that you need, <clears throat> gives you that flexibility from three and four, mostly the four. Um, you know, he's a smart player, cerebral. He's played at the championship level. He's won a championship before. He gives you everything that you're looking for. Um, and the consistency on both ends. Um, I just, I just, I love Harrison Barnes. I think this is a, a brilliant move if they can pull it off. I, I think the cost is too much. You know what your chemistry is with Jay. I, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near it. If, uh, if Cam's what the cost, like you said, so that is, that is not a chance in hell that I take. Right, that not going anywhere near it. Uh, you know, if maybe Jay, but yeah, the chemistry part, and you're still on the hook for 18 million for him in 2022, 23, which, which scares me off of it as well. I just, I don't, I don't know that this is the right move. If I'm going to be aggressive, uh, if I'm James Jones, I just, I, it, there's a lot of things about it, but you make me nervous. Sure. You're going to get a little bit more consistency offensively from him, but I don't, I don't know that it's the right move. You, again, you talk about swagger. Jay's your defensive swagger, and we saw that in the playoffs in multiple occasions. I mean, uh, and he brings a certain something when it comes to the playoffs. There's a reason he's been to the finals in back-to-back years. I don't know that Barnes is going to give you that, and the price tag's astronomical. Well, the price tag offsets uh, Sarich and Jay Crowder by only $2 million, so it's not like – you know, you're, you're, you're gaining another $10 million in salary. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, the trade as it was, if it, if it got executed right now, the, the, the Suns would save $2 million. But then when Jalen Smith obviously comes off, um, you know, the, the difference in, in contracts is only $2 million. So I, I don't feel like that's such a severe um, price tag to be worried about. That's just my opinion, obviously. I feel like the biggest question here, too, is would the Kings even bite? If yeah, Cam's in there, they would. Well, without yeah, yeah, Cam, yeah. I think with, we've with, all established yeah. that we don't want to move Cam no. for this. So I'm, I I'm sp- speaking specifically around Jay. There, there's not a player on this entire thing that I would trade Cam Johnson for. Yeah, just I'd, probably, I'd probably agree with that. He's made himself that valuable, I think. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, unless, they're not, the unless they're planning... Unless, sorry, I suppose, unless they're planning not to pay him, in which case you bastards pay Cam Johnson. <laughs> in that case, just burn the whole damn thing down because we're obviously not here for the same reasons. Uh, you burn know? it to the ground. All right. Anything else on uh, on Harrison Barnes before we move on? Well, Gerald, would you do yeah. this deal? What's your What's your vote on this? Mm, I'd be torn on it, but I might. If it was Jay Crowder, I might. the The problem is, you are messing with chemistry. You are. It's a slight downgrade on defense. Harrison Barnes isn't a, a pushover on that end, but he's not quite up to Jay Crowder's caliber. It would definitely be an offensive upgrade. And you know, since the nineteen and three start, the Suns have dropped from sixth to seventeenth in offensive rating. So a guy like Barnes would probably help you. He's shooting like 42% from three, which is very good. Um, and he's a pretty good passer too. So he would be an upgrade. I might do it for Jay Crowder, but if they didn't, if they hesitated on that, I wouldn't fault them for it. Like, either. Listen, this is all a risk, no matter which way you slice it. And Espo, you know, right. when you, when you talk about like, Hey, if the, the doors cracked open, you want to just, you want to bust through that bitch, like the Kool-Aid man, like, okay, well, we've seen how, how far this team can get with Jay Crowder and they get all the way to the NBA finals. 
Well, sometimes you might have to take that risk to see if you can win a championship with somebody else that might be able to give you a little bit more um, consistently across the board. And I think that's what Harrison Barnes does. So trading trading Jay for for Harrison Barnes, I think, um, is is a is is a risk I would be willing to take. I'm I'm sorry, this move doesn't make me go. Oh yeah, it just doesn't. Uh, I'm not I'm not busting through the wall on this one. But you want a championship, yeah? Yeah, but I'm not sure that trading Harrison Barnes for Jay Crowder in that group changes well, then, it well, enough that gets you a championship. Well then, well then, who on this list is is that dude? Then I, I'm not sure that there. Uh, this list, the Tory Craig uh, Holiday deal, is the one that keeps going in my mind. It fills a lot of what you need. It it takes care of a lot, and you're not losing a lot. That may be enough here where you're not messing with things. You're not playing great chemistry, you know, playing with a chemistry set and hoping you don't make things explode. You're, you're getting what you need, but this next one, I think there is intriguing as well here. Yeah. And we'll kind of come back to that at the end, just kind of which ones we would like to maybe see happen. And then which ones we definitely don't want to see happen um, just to kind of put a bow on everything. So moving on Nicholas Batum and, or, Sergi Baca. So according to Bleacher Reports, Jake Fisher, the LA Clippers could become sellers at the deadline. Should the Suns look into a potential play here? <laughs> hey, listen, I said there's two <laughs> trades that I would be excited about if they could make it happen. Um, and we just talked about Serge the other night, which is kind of crazy. I, I, I do like this other trade. This is the other one that I, I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, it, it you're adding first of all if you could trade nicholas batum for Jalen smith you do it in a second yes. that's not even that's not even a doubt right um in addition to that if you were able to trade serge and nicholas batum uh for for basically Jalen smith and dario Saric, uh i'm sorry yeah was that right yeah that was right yeah, yeah. And, and then a first and a second that first one is a little hard the 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 first round pick that's a little much to swallow but um Man, that's that's something I would definitely entertain getting those two over because they bring so much to the table. Um, you know, from perimeter shooting to experience to defensive, you know, know-how. Like, oh, that that excites me quite a quite a bit. <laughs> and it makes your roster more versatile because you can play small with these guys. You can try different things. It helps solidify your rebounding. What you're losing is Dario, which is going to have absolutely no impact on this season. Uh, I know it's tough because it, again, I you know he's a sweet baby angel, and we try not to deal those guys on this show. But uh, but I think that Dario uh, isn't uh, obviously isn't going to provide you anything this year. Jalen, we know that he's buried deep in a rotation, and then in this case, I do a first because you're getting two pieces that that really can help solidify things. This again is nibbling around the edges that doesn't mess too much with chemistry, but adds guys that can help fortify where you're weak. Yeah. I think the one thing that stood out to me about this trade, and again, this is all contingent on the Clippers being uncertain about when Paul George is going to come back. According to Fisher, they're not sure he's going to come back this season with the elbow thing he's dealing with. And Kawhi, you know, there was optimism a few weeks ago that he was making good progress, <laughs> but like we know how careful he is with coming back from injury. So it wouldn't surprise me given where they're at if they continue to flounder a little bit, if they just wait until next season. And in that case, Batum and Ibaka are the two guys that'll, that'll have suitors for them. So if you can add, like they have the ability to play on, to defend on the perimeter, but they also have that length and that size to where you can plug them 
you know, Batum at the two, the three, the four, Ibaka, the three, the four, the five, just mix and match your lineups. It gives Monty a lot of versatility. And if all it costs you is Sharich, Smith, a second, and that, that 2024 first rounder, I think you do it. Like you never want to give up first rounders for guys that are in their thirties, but if it cements your playoff rotation, I, I would be okay with that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm intrigued by this one, but I guess we'll we'll find out in a few weeks if something happens or not. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break because the NFL playoffs are here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. All customers can also get in on DraftKings Hammer the Over promotion. For every 5,000 bettors who take the over for Sunday night's Patriots versus Bills game, the point total will lower by half a point. Hammer the Over has hit zero every time DraftKings has run it, so bettors won when the first point was scored. To get in on the action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code PHNX and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code PHNX this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. That's 21 and older only, Arizona only, gambling problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, this next player, we've talked a lot about him over the last few months. Thad Young, is he still a potential target in y'all's eyes? Nah. <laughs> like I, I included him because I think he's, I don't want to read too much into his numbers while he's barely playing on the Spurs. Like he hasn't played since New Year's Eve for a, a losing team. But like he might be a buyout candidate. And I feel like, with Jalen Smith increasing his trade value and the fact that the Spurs might be interested in throwing money at Jalen Smith, it would make more sense for both sides to maybe wait if they want to get their guy. Like the Spurs could sign Jalen Smith over the summer and the Suns could potentially get Thad Young if they still wanted him on the buyout market if he's not traded at the deadline. Yeah, I'm, I have him circled on my buyout list. And the reason I'm still intrigued is this is a guy that can pass very well, right? And you've lost that with Dario out and Frank out. And I wonder if he could be the elixir that campaign needs on a second unit, a guy that can, can help him in that because cams played best when he had Dario or Frank in that unit, making plays rather than, you know, a guy like a JaVale clogging the lane and certain things. So that's the, that's the main reason I have him circled is could he help campaign find some of that magic again? I don't want Thaddeus Young anymore, so I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. He hasn't. Are. It's fair. He hasn't played well this season at all, so I get it. Yeah, Gerald, I kind of feel like it. It might be worth the risk to see if you could pick him up on the buyout market instead of making an actual move for him on this one. So yeah, we'll move right is, on along. Yeah, oh, this go is ahead. probably one of my least favorite options, aside from another guy we'll talk about a little bit. <laughs> All right. Up next, Robert Covington. ESPN's Bobby Marks shared earlier this week that he is someone the Suns may be interested in. Now, we know he's been a pretty popular name that has been circulating amongst Suns fans. 
Do you guys uh, see the same allure here? I think he helps some of the deficiencies you have in particular uh, rebounding. I mean, we saw that the other night and it's probably because it's so fresh in the mind after uh, what happened in Toronto. Uh, and, you know, obviously he's good defensively. I mean, Gerald brings up the stats in his article about, uh, you know, almost a steal and a half a game and, and 1.3 blocks in a game, you know, he's going to fit in with that, that team defense, tough mentality there. Uh, and if you can pull it off with, just as you know, that was in that in Gerald's piece, and Bobby Marks brought it up. Dario, Jalen, and two seconds. You got me. You got my my curiosity peaked here. I don't know that it fixes all your all your holes, obviously, and and it basically uses all your trade assets right here. But uh, I'm intrigued to say the least. This is just this is just a trade to make a trade. Uh, it just it just it doesn't move the needle in, in any direction for this team, in my opinion. Like Jalen Smith right now, um, you know, in the limited minutes he has, uh, I'm like, how much of a difference is it from Jalen Smith to to Robert Covington? I understand that they're relatively different positions, but like, I just there's nothing about this that I'm like, oh yeah, we got to do that. You know what I mean? Like Robert Covington doesn't give me enough to warrant um, the move necessary to get him. Is what I'm saying. I feel like this is very much like the move that happened with Tory Craig last year, though, because you and I sat on a different version of this show and said very much the same. Well, what, I does, did, I does didn't Tory know who, Craig. I didn't know who is, Tory Craig was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, now you. I know, now I know. you own his hat. <laughs> now you own his hat. <laughs> oh my God, it's Tory Pines. Everybody, calm down. Well, no, it's to me, I feel Pines. like this would be a similar move. It just feels like ah, uh, James made a move to say he made a move, and then that toughness, that energy. Uh, at some point, he gets plugged in and does things in the playoffs that has a positive impact. That's, uh, that's, you want all the guys, so that's no, not, I don't. Not, yeah, you do. You haven't no, said one I, guy that you don't want. I I have said I don't want to trade for Thad Young, and that but I don't want like Harrison it. Barnes. Oh, just oh. Gerald. Yeah, I think from my perspective, if you can get away with Sharich Smith and, and two seconds, that's pretty good value for Covington, just because he's more of a defensive playmaker in terms of guys who could fill that Tory Craig role from last year. He's probably as good as Tory Craig, if not better than, than Craig and that type of thing. Cause he has so much experience playing the small ball five from his time in Houston. Um, and he is a guy that, that defends well and makes plays on that end. So he's not the best three point shooter, but he's still respectable at around 35%. So I think he'd be a good fit. I think if you look in terms of playoff rotations, Jalen Smith, if you're having to play him like a, a significant role or just any type of role in a playoff series, something has probably gone wrong. I think if you have Robert Covington in that spot, you're still in a good place. All right, we'll move on to our next player. So according to Hoops Hypes, Michael Scotto, the Celtics are hearing offers for Dennis Schroeder, and they seem to have interest in Jalen Smith. Could this be a good swap? <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, we've seen Dennis Schroeder. I I don't know. Like outside of flopping and taking you know ridiculous uh, charges for no reason, there's nothing about Dennis Schroeder's game that I'm like, oh yeah, we need him in a Suns uniform. There's just nothing. There's <laughs> nothing there for me. 
But this is this is this is the making a move just to make a move, right? You're going, oh, I got Jalen Smith in the second, and Schroeder is a point guard. I guess, yeah, we kind of need that. I mean, if you get Dennis, sure. if, you, if you take Schroeder, you're basically giving up completely on Cam Payne. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I, I don't well, know if I'd say that, but they're, they're definitely saying we're not confident that you alone can manage this need that we need for the backup Dennis, scoring guard. Dennis is one notch above Alfred Payton and one notch below campaign, in my opinion. So so what you're doing is you're improving on what you have in Alfred Payton in case you get to the break glass in case of an emergency <laughs> situation yes. is what you're doing. And if we get to that point, Espo, we're all fucked. <laughs> well, we got there last playoffs and we weren't completely fucked. Just and, and they took care of business. But I don't think we're gonna see that same campaign in the playoffs. So. You gotta have faith, buddy. Yeah, fingers crossed. I, I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I said that to Espo. I know he does not have fingers faith in crossed. That. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I. He was one of my least favorite options on this list that I laid out, and it's my list, so, so that's saying something. But like, he is averaging sixteen and almost five, and like, he's not a great three point shooter, but he's okay. And I feel like he did play well when he was playing next to Chris Paul in OKC. So there's that potential X factor. But yeah, this this isn't a move that gets me overly excited either yeah I'd, I'd rather just at that point keep sticks like and just play it out the rest of the year like okay up next we got larry nance jr what do you guys think about this potential player you'd just be doing it for defensive reasons as as gerald basically um laid out in his article um i don't know I, again it's, it's almost like dennis schroeder for me now he is younger he's more athletic um, you know, he's a big that can make some 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 nice plays, but uh, again, doesn't really move the needle in, in terms of what I think he would provide for the Suns. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking completely about the playoffs. Uh, and it, I, oh, you know what? Let me back up. I think in a matchup with the with the Warriors, I think I think Larry Nance could have a have a role right there. And I think he he would not he would be a nice piece. So let me backtrack a little bit. Yeah, but for the for the big picture for the long run and for other matchups and teams I'm I'm not excited about that. Well that brings up an interesting question though. Are you making certain moves in a holistic manner or are some moves that you might make with the I do we're likely on a collision course to face the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals and we need to make some strategic moves so we have a roster capable of competing uh, when they go to that death lineup and and different things that they'll do, is that do you think James Jones goes into that mindset at all, or is this just a holistic? What makes us a, a better team in every aspect? I think so far from what we've seen this season, I think that there's there's a lot of good teams in the Western Conference and in the Eastern Conference, sure, but I think you're dealing with three teams right now in terms of um, getting getting a championship and i think the warriors are at the very top of that list and in order to get back to the finals and give yourself a chance at the championship you gotta get through them and so i think if i was a gm i would definitely have my eye geared towards uh, making moves that that would aid me in the series with them as opposed to just getting past like utah for instance because i feel like i feel pretty confident that we would be able to get past utah um, or whoever else comes out of the West, because I I just feel like it's it's the Suns and the Warriors, and then it's everybody else, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah completely agree. I, I think 
you make moves to make your team better, but the Warriors have to be in the back of your mind somewhere because that is the biggest obstacle you're going to have in a, in a seven-game series, I think, until the finals and maybe even, you know, including the finals. So Larry Nance is a guy that, you know, if you want that guy that can still have a little bit of size, but you can plug in as a more of a small ball five, um, he's a pretty decent option. I think it'd take a little bit more to get him than Robert Covington because the Blazers would probably rather keep Nance since he has another year on his contract and he's a pretty good player. Um, so maybe that pushes you closer to Covington than Nance in this case, but he, I mean, he's a, he's a good player. He's a good defender. So he would be a good fit here in Phoenix. All right. Up next, we've got Jeremy Grant from the Detroit Pistons. What do you guys think about him? This is the biggest swing on the list. I mean, (laughs) this is, this is the wow factor kind of deal just because it's a name that everybody's going to go, okay, I know Jeremy Grant. I remember this guy, you know, granted he's been in relative obscurity in Detroit and uh, probably to his benefit because people don't necessarily realize just how bad he's looked in Detroit, but I'm not making this move. I'm not, I'm not giving up Cam Johnson uh, for Jeremy Grant. I'd rather take my chances with Cam see if he can take that step again, which we've seen him do as of late, and see if he can carry that into the playoffs. I'd rather have Cam than than Jeremy Grant. I do, would not do it with Cam. I agree. Uh, but the second part of that uh, that equation that that uh, Gerald had had um, you know brought before us, where you're trading uh, Corey Joseph and Jeremy Grant for Jay Crowder. Uh, Abdul Nader, uh, Landry Shamet, and Jalen Smith, and then the first round pick. Um, I do love. Now, there's a lot of things in that trade, uh, including uh, waiving trading rights uh, from Abdul, Abdul Nader of, of all fucking players. You got to be kidding me. Um, <laughs> that would have to go your way. But to me, getting a backup point guard, you cross that, you cross that box. You're getting a guy in Jeremy Grant that is so versatile, can score, can play defense at a very high level. Um, he's been kind of the go-to guy for the Pistons, so he's 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 able to be that additional scorer or that additional guy that you need. Um, should you know Devin or or CP3 kind of fall off in the playoffs a little bit, like he's that guy, and I think that is a very attractive piece. But you would have to give up quite a bit, and if you have to give up Cam Johnson to get that piece. I'm not so sure that it's uh, the juice is worth the squeeze at Look, that point. And th- this is no offense to you, Gerald. The second, the second no, trade here, the, the Crowder, Nader, Shamit, Smith, and a first round pick. Detroit would be getting the Detroit of pl- of trade packages. I right? was just gonna say, would they even want that? <laughs> hey, you Why? never know nowadays, man. Some people get bamboo. Look at the Cardinals trading D Hop for a fucking bag of chips. Like right. you just <laughs> never know with these teams. <laughs> I just, I just look at that and I'm like. Even Detroit probably knows better than this, right? <laughs> you I do like so. Corey Joseph, though. That's a name I'd like. Uh, I'd like to find a way to bring into into the Suns' locker room. Well, and then with yeah. Jeremy Grant, though, you also have to take into consideration that he's still currently recovering from that thumb surgery. So, yeah. how long did they have a time frame on that one, Gerald? Do you know? So, so about a month ago, it was a six week timeline so it's probably okay. another two weeks before he'd be back one or two weeks i think i i do love that the trade uh, machine that you use uh, for this article under landry shamit 
it says poison pill. And I know that refers to his contract, but it also refers to how Saul feels about him. Uh, (laughs) Look, yeah, I, it's, I think Landry Shamit is a guy that if they had faith that like, you know, looking at his body of work versus this one bad half season that he's had with Phoenix, maybe they like to have a shooter under contract and build around that young core. But like, his trade value is so bad right now just because of how bad he's been this season. That's a tough one. I, I feel like another team would be willing to offer either a better player than Jay Crowder and Landry Shamit or, you know, more first round picks for him. Um, I like Grant. He's a great two-way player. He would give the Suns some athleticism. He could even play some small ball five. And he's a, a he's worked hard over the last two years to become more of a scorer an individual creator, which is something the Suns could use. But like Espo said, this is the biggest kind of risk on this list. And I'm, I'm just not, definitely not for Cam Johnson. And I don't know. It, it's a dicey one for me. All right. Up next, Goran Dragic. Thoughts on bringing the fella home. Bring the dragon home. <laughs> Bring the dragon home. I knew Espo would be down for this one. Uh, of course he was. <laughs> Well, look, you're not dealing much of of any substance if you can convince Toronto this is the deal to make. Sarge Shamit and Jalen Smith, uh, that that was the proposal here, and you get a guy that can play the backup point guard, play the backup shooting guard, gives you versatility there. Uh, he's a guy that most fans still like here. Some fans are still a little bent out of shape on how he left, but uh, I... I think this one helps solidify you for this year. This is a, we, we think this is our year kind of move and I'm down for that. You know, low risk because he's not back next year and you're getting, I mean, you're actually clearing money in this case. If, uh, if you get Dario and Shamit uh, out of here as well. So it puts you in an interesting position come free agency too. Aren't you clearing like $50 million off of your salary cap for the next couple of years, right? Or like $50 million in total salary for the next uh, couple of years because Landry starts his four-year, $40 million next year, correct? Yeah. And then you have eight uh, for for Dario. So that's, you know, that's roughly $50 million uh, total salary. I just – is <laughs> Toronto ain't going to eat that? Like for who? For Landry Shamit? Fuck no. <laughs> Nobody wants Landry Shamit. Like so that, that alone right there, nope. And then you're bringing on Gorn for what? Like, my man's not even playing in Toronto. He's barely getting minutes. Like, he doesn't well, want to play. He's, he's away, away from, from the, the team. team. Yeah. What's he? What's so he? So, what do you he mean? Didn't he didn't want to be play? traded. He didn't want to be traded to Toronto. Like, he, like, the Heat basically dumped him there in the but, Kyle Lowry deal. And what, he didn't want to play for a team that was bad last year. So, so, he's, and they didn't, they don't really want him either. So, so, Espo, kind of just been, you, you were here when he got traded away, correct? Like you yes. were in the, you were with in, the Suns. I, I was right there, standing two feet from his face when he made the public demand. Yes. And uh, does he have warm fuzzies about Phoenix anymore? Well, the people that he didn't have warm fuzzies about don't work here anymore. And the uh, team president at the time, uh, Lon Babby, and uh, the general manager Ryan McDonough. So I don't. Uh, he's always loved the fans. He's loved uh, the city. So and and he has a. Uh, so what about Sarver? He's never had any problems. Sarver's the guy that signed him the second time. I mean, they the front office wanted Raymond Felton, and Sarver signed Goran Dragic in the parking garage before they could get a deal done for Felton. So, yeah, he. 
<laughs> I think he's all right with Goran. Okay, and, just and Robert, sure. and he's all right with Robert. Okay, that that was my question because I didn't I didn't know that part. So okay, I I don't know. Like Dallas, he can go to Dallas. I don't care if he goes to Dallas. I think that makes I think that makes Dallas a better team, which makes him a tougher out in the playoffs if you have to face him. I don't know. I, I I've never been a I, you're talking to the wrong guy because I've never been a Drogic fan Drogic fan. I just haven't. Like I, I thought he was he was a nice piece, a nice player. He has his moments, but I don't feel like he's you know, if we're talking about consistency, I'm like, eh, man, whatever. I don't really I don't really have a feeling towards Goran like you guys do. I, I would love to bring the dragon home, but I mentioned this in the article. This is another guy that you might be better off just waiting until after the deadline because if they don't find a way to move him, and it's not easy to move him because he has that $19.4 million salary and, and hasn't played except for like five games this year, he'll probably be a buyout candidate. And at that point, then maybe you swoop on him and bring him in. And, you know, I think that gives you a lot of versatility in the backcourt. It gives you another guy who can dribble, who can pass, who can score on his own. Um, you can mix and match the backcourt with because Paul Booker, Dragic and Payne can all play on or off the ball. So that gives you a lot of versatility that I do um, like for sure. Assuming assuming he's not washed, you know, we're hoping that's not the case. But when he played for Miami last year, he was still he still averaged double figures, still shot 37 percent from three. So. That's a guy that if you can get him on the buyout market, absolutely. You just have to be better than Alfred Payton. That's all you have to be. <laughs> Lowered expectations. That's it. That's it. Oh, poor Alfred. Um, okay, guys. Before we get into honorable mentions or some bonus players that you would like to discuss, um, I just want to share that children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Safe, free, and highly effective COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. I, I just got my booster today. I'm feeling good. I'm ready for that trip to go visit our friends up at uh, DNVR and see how they do things. I, so I'm feeling good. Nice. Very cool. Good job, Espo. Yeah. All right, guys. So <laughs> we're going to round things out with some honorable mentions because Gerald added in six additional players into his article. Of course, one more reminder, if you want to read this article and go further in depth, head on over to gophnx.com. But on this list of players, or maybe do you have one who's not on this list of players? Who's an honorable mention for each of you? I, I like that Bertans option. I get that he has a $16 million salary, but he's a sharpshooter. He's a guy that you can put out there and would would space that floor even more for that second unit. And if you could make it happen with a you know, Dario and Jalen and you know, two seconds, you know, or even maybe that first, uh, as long as it's got some protection, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the Bertans option here. Go ahead, Gerald. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you. Um, I, I'll probably I'll give a shout out to the four point plays. David Nash. He wrote a really good piece on Kenrich Williams that um, turned me into a believer as far as what he might be able to add, and and he's a guy that you could get for 
probably the lowest cost of anyone on this list. He plays for OKC. So anytime they can add a second round pick of any sort, um, and it'd probably be like Jalen Smith for him, like that would be a good play. Um, so that that's one guy that kind of uh, he wasn't you know quite notable enough for me to include him in the top ten. But he's a guy if you're talking about barely touching the rotation, he's he would be that guy. Um, there's not really, I mean, if we're going to play dream scenario or whatever, and obviously I'm talking out of my ass because I don't know what it would take to get this person, but I've always wanted Aaron Gordon, a part of the Suns. I just have, <laughs> I've always, I've always wanted Aaron Gordon to be part of the Suns. I just think defensively, uh, and, you know, he brings a lot and he's also, he's got an edge to him, you know, so when you're talking about Jay Crowder and his, his edge, I think Aaron Gordon brings a similar edge to the game. And, um, so, so if we're going to talk about, you know, honorable mentions and, you know, what we would like to have, I think Aaron Gordon, uh, other than that, nobody on that, that honorable mention list really, uh, like people like to talk about Terrence Ross and like, bro, Terrence Ross is not good. I'm sorry. He's just not, not anymore. He's been bad this year for sure. <laughs> Trash. Yeah. Look, one thing that Gerald's article did put in my mind, and I can't get it out right now. <laughs> Harrison Barnes. No, is the thought that <laughs> Cam Johnson may be a guy that they part with simply because we know around here it always comes down to dollars and cents. And if you're if you're gonna wind up paying DA, even if it's just the four instead of the five year, and you're looking at you have to pay Cam too, it may be enough where they're like, "Well, there's your expendable piece, and we can get somebody in uh, to to help for this run and kind of thing." And it terrifies me because I think that would be one of the bigger mistakes since uh, trading Joe Johnson in terms of young talent that hasn't reached its potential that you move on from. I think Cam Johnson has an unbelievable ceiling and I'm terrified that that name gets bandied about over the next if, three weeks. If let's just say this, is there a player out there? Let, let's say, let's, let's just put it this way. Is there a player out there that you would trade Cam Johnson for, uh, that would quite possibly be a reality? Was there anybody out there that you could think of, Espo, that you would like to see if you had to trade? If you had, to, if the front office said you have to trade Cam Johnson, otherwise we're not signing him next year, you're going to lose him. Like, what would you do? Like, who would you try to go after? I don't know. Nobody on this list. Nobody on this no, list. No, makes nobody on this me go. List. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make that move in a heartbeat. And I don't know. With one thing that this new play-in tournament does, which I love it because it adds all sorts of drama. But it means there's less sellers when it mm -hmm. comes to the trade deadline, because now you've got all these additional teams that you know think there's a hope and a prayer, and that means they're not going to take you know be be willing to sell off of guys, right? Move on from guys that are good, but they don't know what the future looks like for them. So there's less guys available. So I don't know that there's anybody right now that's available that is realistic with uh, with Cam's uh, current salary that. That would make sense. I just i I don't feel it, but I'm well, I'm terrified of that. Gerald, you you kind of briefly uh, skimmed over it in your article when you were talking about mm. Robert Covington, but mm. since you mentioned it in there and you brought up a player, uh, mm. what would it take to get somebody like a CJ McCollum? Yeah, that was actually the name that I was going to bring up as far as if you have to. I think the math changes a little bit if if the impetus is like 
look, we're not going to pay Cam, so we're going to we should trade him now. I think if that's what you're working with, then I would I would take Jeremy Grant, I would take Harrison Barnes. But I think if you are going to trade Cam, like CJ McCollum is kind of the pie in the sky guy that you go for. And I think to get a deal done like that, it would definitely have to start with with Sharich and Jalen Smith, like most of these trades do. And then you throw in Cam to have actual value. You might have to throw in a first round pick. Um, and at that point, you're trying to, you know, maybe talk them into campaign, but most likely it'd be like that's tough because you can't like Jay Crowder is the salary that you would want to fill that because he's got nine point seven million dollar salary, but then you're trading away both of your fours and like campaign cam johnson jalen smith and dario sharts isn't enough salary to get that deal done so at that point you try to throw a landry shamit in there um and you would need the, the blazers to throw somebody back in because otherwise you're giving up way too many bodies so it's it's tough to work out a cj mccollum trade i'd probably have to look at it more in depth it's not impossible um, but you would definitely be breaking up a significant part of your rock. He'd be great off the bench. He'd definitely fill that role of the secondary guy coming off the bench, the playmaker, the scorer. Um, he'd be dynamic here. I mean, but you, if you think about a, a matchup, no, he's not a good defender. But then again, if you think about a matchup with the Warriors, right? And you did mm-hmm. go small to match their 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 small. Like, I mean, could you imagine a lineup of <laughs> of you know? Let's let's go. Let's just throw, let's just say you traded Cam. You had McCollum, you know, CJ, CP3, Booker. I mean, <laughs> that's a tough yeah. lineup to deal with from the perimeter by any stretch. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it'd be it'd be very that'd be a very good like backcourt tandem for sure. Um I, I just I'll say this about the Cam Johnson thing. The Suns need to know what they're going to be doing with him and with DeAndre Ayton before the trade deadline because if they're planning to pay him, great. Keep him and re-sign him, re-sign DA. Keep your young core four intact for the future. But if you're not sure about that, or if you're gonna, you know, cop out and not be willing to pay and dive headfirst into that luxury tax to keep him, you should probably think about trading him now because his value is really high right now. You're like one move away from really cementing yourselves as not just a title contender, but possibly title favorites, depending on what move you make. Like there needs to be no half measures here. They need to know what they're going to do with Cam Johnson and commit fully to that plan. Amen on that. And you also have to remember that the Warriors are sitting over there with a lot of options to make trades and add. And, and so you may need to get in an arms race, depending on if they do something early, you may have to have a reactionary move and you have to understand what your plan moving forward is and how committed you, not only you as James Jones in that front office, but you, including Robert Sarver's wallet, how committed you are to this. Man, that is just, oh, the Warriors, how did they do this, man? It just makes me <laughs> sick. Like right? They're going to they're gonna fuck around and find a way to get Joker. Like what? Like, <laughs> you know, like, how did that even happen? I didn't even know that was a possibility. Like that—that's just the franchise that they are. Like that's how they operate. And it's just, just, a, just a, like what two years ago we were talking about. You know, when they signed Kelly Oubre and they went into the luxury tax and it ended up costing them like eighty million dollars in the luxury tax. And now, like a year and a half later, they're in the best position of any franchise in the league. It just doesn't make any damn sense. It's, it's kind of like the Spurs back when they had all those good years with, uh, you know, with David Robinson and they get one year where, uh, you know, David's hurt 
they tank and they get uh, Tim Duncan. It's just some franchises have that horseshoe up their asses and it works out for them. All right. So I'm curious to know of all the different scenarios that we talked about today, is there one that you would, yes, I want to see it happen. And is there one that you're like, oh, heck no, I don't want to see this happen. Tory Craig, Justin Holiday, that's the one I want to see happen. And uh, I, oh, hell no, I don't want the Harrison Barnes one to happen. I think it's just too much chemistry you're messing with. Oh, yeah. I love me some Harrison Barnes. So that's the one I want to see happen. And the one I don't <laughs> want to see happen um, is basically the other nine trades. Okay, Gerald. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with uh, I like the Eric Gordon one. I like the Tory Craig one. And I like the Batum Oribaka one. Um, the one that I wouldn't like to see is probably Schroeder, I would say. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. Well, that was a good conversation around some potential moves that the Suns might get into in the next few weeks. Is there anything else that you would like to discuss or mention before we say goodbye? I'm I'm just glad we fixed all the Suns' problems in one hour. Uh, <laughs> we did it. Look at us go. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Championship. <laughs> Salt? Oh, yeah. I don't have anything to say. I was just, okay. I, I think we said it all. Yeah, just checking in. All right. Well, don't forget, if you want to go even further in depth on all of these scenarios, gophnx.com is the place to be. This article that Gerald wrote is very in-depth and it has a lot of information for you. So if you want more uh consider becoming a member today at gophnx.com because if you become a member, you'll either get a free t-shirt from the PHNX locker or your first month for just 50 cents just for signing up. And then of course, when you sign up, you'll get access to all of the content over there, written content, some uh, in-depth features, some film breakdown, exclusive videos, special discounts, access to our Discord channel, a whole bunch of good stuff. So once again, head on over to gophnx.com today and become a member. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate your support. And one last time, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review um, because we appreciate it. I'm Lindsay Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at lindsaysmithaz. That's Gerald. You can follow him on Twitter at Gerald Borgay. That's Saul. You can follow him on Twitter at Saul underscore Bookman. And of course, Espo, you can follow him on Twitter at Espo. Espo, send us home. Just remember, anybody's available for the right offer. Ahoy hoy. <laughs>